He knows. Isn't that good news? He knows who you are and what he has for you. He knows the plans. He knows, uh, in fact, what you've been through and what's happening today, but also what he has ahead tomorrow. And that is really, really good news. That's how we're beginning our new year here at Pathway. Happy New Year, by the way. We are so glad, whether you're online or in person, that you're with us today. And uh, you couldn't have made a better choice to start out the new year. And in this series that we're in, he knows, and in particular, what we'll be doing in the month of January is really positioning ourselves to say, God, you know me, I, I wanna get to know you. And, and as you get to know him, he's gonna reveal more of what he has for you. And, and in reality, there's probably something that you'd like to see change, a breakthrough, something that, that maybe you would like to have happen. In fact, I'm gonna just ask the question, how many of you have set resolutions for 2024? Okay, few more in this service, about the same as last service overall though. It's almost like we've given up, right? Like we're like, yeah, those don't work. And I wanna affirm that there's probably a better way. In fact, uh, yesterday I, I had a chance to uh, do the airport run. If you're from Florida, from Vero, you know what that airport run is, right? You run into the airport to pick up family or friends that are either coming in or leaving town. And so yesterday in the afternoon, I, I went to uh, Orlando International Airport and uh, to pick up my niece and my nephew that were coming into town. And uh, as I pull up in mi the middle of the afternoon, it is so packed. I've never seen that many cars uh, at this airport. And I've been there many times for that airport run, right? And so it's so busy that I'm stuck in traffic and I'm like, okay, I'm not gonna get to the place where I told them I would pick them up on time. In fact, uh, it was interesting how things unfolded because as I get stuck in traffic, I, I let them know I'm stuck in traffic running behind. They let me know that they had taken a wrong turn. There's three terminals, if you didn't know, that. And the, the main terminal, Terminal A, was where we were all supposed to be. But by God's providence, they ended up taking a wrong step. They're in B. And as I'm looking, I'm like, oh, that's good news because B, there is a clear path. <laughs> B, I can hop over and I could get there and I could beat all this craziness. And so it, it ended up being uh, not what we expected, but a breakthrough. And I just want to say that maybe today what's going to happen is God is going to say to you, Hey, you got some things that you wanna change. Those are breakthrough conditions. You, you've got maybe a traffic jam in your life. You've got other things you're waiting on, waiting, hoping for. And God's gonna say, you thought it was this way, but here's a new direction for the new year. I'm excited to see what happens. Let me show you, uh, Forbes Health put this out. Uh, there was a survey for 2024, top New Year's resolutions. Uh, there were 14 of them. These were the top five. Uh, the first is improved fitness. 48% of people said that that's their resolution this year in America. Second, improved finances. Third, improved mental health. Fourth, lose weight. Fifth, improved diet. There were nine more and none of the 14 included anything about religion or a relationship with God. That is where America is at right now. Now, I thought it was revealing. I also wanna say, hey, those first five, if those are any of the things you'd like a breakthrough on, guess what? He knows in our 21 days of prayer and fasting will help significantly. The things we're doing in the next month or two will help significantly in your life. And uh, how can I guarantee that? Well, uh, if you fast, you'll lose weight, <laughs> right? 
It's kind of a benefit. Uh, let me read to you what I do know is a promise from God. Jeremiah 29, 11 says this, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and hope. That is such good news and a promise for, from God for his people then and I believe today as well. Today, we're gonna to talk about breakthrough conditions. What, what does it mean to have conditions in our life that, that need a breakthrough? I believe that we are on the verge of a breakthrough as a church. I, I can't explain it to you other than to say we've got a lot of breakthrough conditions, things that only God can handle and touch. And, and I believe we're, we're standing on the edge of a breakthrough coming into this new year. And, and I hope you sense it as well. It'll be for our church. It'll be also, I believe, for your life if, if you get in and get ready, because that's what God wants to do right now. He wants to get us ready because the breakthrough conditions are there. As we look at this, this 21 days that we start our new year with, which kicks off tomorrow, uh, this is our time of prayer and fasting for 21 days. Uh, you can go to our website. There's a link there at slash fast that actually leads to a digital booklet we've put together at 21 days. Here's a picture. I don't expect you to be able to read that. That's to entice you to actually download it. And uh, if you need a hard copy, we have them at our welcome center. Uh, but in there are outlined 21 days to really say, okay, God, here's the breakthrough conditions that are in my life, here is actually now me seeking you because you know me and you know the plans that you have. That is the best decision that I believe we could make to start a new year. And as we get into that and we look at it, we're gonna be actually spending uh, this month in the book of Exodus. And in the book of Exodus, the name itself, Exodus, means to, to exit or to be sent, to go, to be delivered. And, and when you think about that, there are things that God wants to break through and lead us out of, to lead us into what he has for us. Can I get an amen? Exodus is a historical narrative, if you don't know. It's the second book of the Bible. There's uh, a central character throughout the book of Exodus. It's Moses in the physical, but in the spiritual, it's Yahweh. Yahweh is God Almighty, and Yahweh reveals himself to be faithful and merciful and compassionate, holy and powerful, ever-present and wanting to be present with his people. That's, that's the main character of the story. And then there's Moses, who is a leader that will emerge. We'll learn about him next week. And uh, then there's the people of God that are being led out of Egyptian captivity. In fact, Egypt, the central figure, villain in the story, if you will, is actually representing in many ways what for many of us recognizes the conditions that we're under that need breakthrough. Egypt, in fact, is representing a, a situation that they didn't want or didn't ask for, but God was using to prepare them for what he had. If you will, turn with me to Exodus chapter one, and we're gonna dive right in. It says, these are the names of the sons of Israel who came to Egypt with Jacob, each with his household, Reuben, Simeon, Levi, and Judah, Issachar, Zebulun, Benjamin, Dan, Nephalti, God, or Gad, I'm sorry, and Asher. All the descendants of Jacob were 70 persons. Joseph was already in Egypt. Then Joseph died, and all his brothers and all that generation. But the people of Israel say, but, it's an important but, but the people of Israel 
were fruitful and increased greatly. They multiplied and grew exceedingly strong so that the land was filled with them. Now there arose a new king over Egypt who did not know Joseph. If you're taking notes here, God is faithful to his people, promises, and plans. This is so important for us to grasp that that God is faithful, that he always is faithful to his people, his promises, and his plans. And what we read there in those first eight verses is this reality of a people that were in Egyptian captivity. Now it's said that they did not know, the king did not know Joseph. And this is really important. If you're new to the Bible or maybe you just need a little refresher, Joseph was significant in the story of the people of Israel, but also in the story of Egypt. You see, if you go back to Genesis 37 through 50, there's actually uh, Jake, this man named Jacob and his youngest son of 12 is Joseph. Joseph, I'm gonna give you the cliff notes, the abridged version, those podcasters in the room that listened to everything on two and a half times speed. I'm your guy right now, you ready? So, so Joseph is the youngest son and he actually has a dream and a vision from God. He shares it with the wrong audience at the wrong time. He shares it with his brothers, they're jealous. How many of you know family can get a little dysfunctional? Okay, those brothers, if your family's in the room, don't elbow or look at them right now, right? We just came out of the holidays, praise God. And uh, so, so he shares with them, they get jealous and they actually decide we're going to uh, kill him. And then they change minds and say, we're gonna sell him into slavery, but they had thrown him into a pit. So they pull him out of the pit, they sell him into slavery. As he's sold into slavery, God's hand in favor is on him. Just as we heard in Exodus 1, God has the ability to know us, see us, and bless us even when we're in the middle of a mess. So he's in a pit, he's sold into slavery, God is blessing everything he touches to the point that a man named Potiphar elevates him to head of his house, gives him everything in the home except his wife. His wife, who we assume being married to an official was some, somewhat special, good to look at. You get the whole idea. I mean, it's, y'all, if, if you want to see a good reality show or soap opera, read your Bible. Because Potiphar's wife tries to seduce Joseph. Joseph runs away from it, does the right thing, and then is accused of rape. Potiphar throws him into prison, and he's forgotten in prison for years. There's moments where he's still being blessed and favored, so much so that he interprets dreams. And, and so eventually, uh, he, uh, somebody needs his help. He says, hey, I think, I think this guy I met in prison, Joseph, can, can do it. And so they bring Joseph to Potiphar, and sure enough, God's, or I'm sorry, Pharaoh, and sure enough, God uses Joseph. He says, I can't give the interpretation, but I, I know my God can. And, and he's blessed and moved into the palace. Now he's in charge of all of Egypt. And, and God uses him in that moment out of those breakthrough conditions, the pit, the prison, to pa- the palace, to actually be the person that he'll use to deliver God's people the first time. When a famine comes, they prepared, there's provision. People come and, and Joseph is positioned to say, here you go. Here, here's what you need to survive and to make it. That's a pretty big deal because he preserves Israel, but also Egypt in a seven-year famine. It's a big deal 
that this new king doesn't know Joseph or his story. Here's what you need to know. God doesn't forget us. In fact, if you're taking notes, even though the king didn't know him and forgot his story and who he was, you may feel forgotten, but he knows right where you are and what he has for you. Our God sees you, wants a relationship with you. He has not forgotten you. And in fact, invites you into relationship with him. Now, what, what do we know about forgetting something? I'm gonna kind of lean into this for a minute because the king had a responsibility, yet he was ignorant, okay? Intentionality cures ignorance, if you're taking notes. It takes a little bit of intentionality sometimes to learn and to grow and to begin to get to even know the God who wants to know us. Intentionality cures ignorance. I actually believe that that king had a responsibility to know the history of his people. He should have known who Joseph was because Joseph was a big deal. Intentionality will cure ignorance. And listen to what Jeremiah 29 verses 12 through 14 say about that. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will hear you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and I will restore your fortunes and gather you from all the nations and the places where I have driven you, declares the Lord. And I will bring you back to the place which I sent you into exile. Intentionality, as I said, cures ignorance. And God is inviting us to be intentional as we start the new year. I wanna again put this in front of you. We have a fast, we have a time of prayer coming up. You may look at it and go, okay, I'm gonna abstain from maybe social media, good choice. Maybe news cycle, really good choice. Maybe I'll abstain for 21 days from the political cycle, great choice, okay? You also might say, well, I've never fasted. Just start with one meal a day. If you've fasted before, Let God speak into it today and show you how he wants to stretch you. Maybe it's two meals or maybe it's a Daniel fast where you just do fruits and veggies for 21 days. Maybe it's a full fast where you just do no food. See your doctor first, okay? But what does it look like for you to be intentional to cure any ignorance that you or I may have to say, God, I wanna really know you. He's faithful to his promises. Let me show you the booklet again. Uh, This is another page here. Again, I don't expect you to read it, but I want you to get a feel for it. In there on the left is an acronym for pray and an acronym for SOAP. SOAP, scripture, observation, application, and prayer. We are actually creating 21 intentional days to pray and to sit with God's word and to hear from him. That kind of intentionality is going to lead to breakthrough. These create breakthrough conditions. Now, as you think about that, uh, let's get back to the story and see what happens next in verse nine. And he said to his people, behold, the people of Israel are too many and too mighty for us. Come, let us deal shrewdly with them, lest they multiply. And if war breaks out, they join our enemies and fight against us and escape from the land. Therefore they set taskmasters over them to afflict them with heavy burdens. So their situation just got worse. They need a breakthrough. There's terrible conditions, right? 
says they built for Pharaoh store cities, Pithom and Ramses, but the more they were oppressed, the more they multiplied and the more they spread abroad. And the Egyptians were in dread of the people of Israel. So they ruthlessly made the people of Israel work as slaves and made their lives bitter with hard service in mortar, in brick, and in all kinds of work in the field. In all their work, they ruthlessly made them work as slaves. Then the king of Egypt said to the Hebrew midwives, one of whom was named Shipra and the other Pua, when you serve as midwife to the Hebrew women and see them on the birth stool, if it is a son, you shall kill him, but if it is a daughter, she shall live. And all the ladies said, thank you. If you're taking notes here, fear of man leads to control issues, brokenness, and bondage. In fact, What is happening here is this Pharaoh, because he doesn't know God, he doesn't know Joseph, has a tendency that many of us have. We fear man, we fear approval, we worry about things horizontally in the world. And what happens is it creates a tendency to try to control life and to control things. So this Pharaoh doubles down, sets up, labor camps, essentially, and slavery, and then goes from there to heaping more burdens on them, and then genocide, wiping out a people. I mean, you talk about brokenness and bondage. These are breakthrough conditions. This is a situation that they didn't ask for, they didn't want. And in fact, this idea of mistreatment is significant, right? It said that they were mistreated. And some of us have felt very mistreated in life. We live in a world right now where people are trying to control things and there's division and there's hurt and there's brokenness all around us. Do do you agree? The word for uh, oppressed in Hebrew that is used here in this text is the word anah and it's translated mistreated. When you think about that, you need to be reminded as they had to learn in those breakthrough conditions that their circumstances didn't define who they were, that God defines who we are. That in fact, if you're taking notes, your identity, your value, and your worth are defined by God, not your circumstances. And when we begin to understand that, and lean into that rather than the fear of man, we begin to release control. We begin to have all our needs met in Christ. He begins to set us free for the things that he has for us. That is incredibly good news today, that there is a God who says, listen, when you get to know me, I'm gonna help you understand your real identity, your real value, and your real worth. And it isn't gonna be based on anything going on in the world that is often how we define ourselves. That is really, really good news. Oswald Chambers says this, we have to pray with our eyes on God, not on the difficulties. That in fact, the difficulties may exist, but I take those and I put my eyes on God and I give them to God. Those are breakthrough conditions that then begin to unfold. Now, if you're taking notes, we want the breakthrough, but we often don't want the conditions or anything to change. And isn't this the truth? Like how many of you, I I would guess most of you, if I said, hey, do you want a breakthrough and a miracle in your life this year? 
you'd be like, oh yeah, sign me up, let's go. And then if I said, but do you want the context and the conditions for that? Because for God to do that, you may have to, to bring some breakthrough conditions into the light. You may have to bring some things forward that you've been hiding from or holding on to or, or not wanting to deal with. I mean, we want a breakthrough, but often we don't want to acknowledge or confess the conditions that we're actually living in. And if we're honest, most of us don't like change. Breakthrough conditions lead to change and God wants to bring change. About 16 months ago, I had a friend who loved me enough to say, hey, when's the last time you had a physical? I realized, wow, it's been probably a decade since I had a proper physical. That worked on me for a couple of weeks. I scheduled it. I went and faced reality. I, I had some breakthrough conditions in my life. The doctor did, integrative health doctor, did all the blood work, all the tests. And, and he comes into the room with me and he goes, well, I got good news. It's all reversible. You see, what I had to face and to, to recognize is what he shared was, you've got about five or six things, a handful of things, that if you would have waited five to 10 years, these would have been significant issues in your life that may not have been reversible. By God's grace, 16 months later, all of those have been reversed. Walking with somebody, walking with others who have helped me, the Holy Spirit helping, I'm just saying, I didn't want to face it just like you don't. But when we do, God says, okay, now I've got something I can begin to work with. Now I can begin to bring the change and the things that, that you want because just as I needed to be delivered from my flesh, because let's be honest, I didn't get over here where I was with bad health and being overweight overnight. I got there by a lot of bad choices with exer not exercising and a whole lot of Dairy Queen drive-throughs. Anybody? I don't know what it is for you that got you where you are, but God can take that and then take you on a journey to bring you out of it. And when we begin praying and fasting and, and saying, okay, God, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to bring it to you. It does begin to change things. So again, I'm gonna put this in front of you a couple times today. Uh, if you go to our website, slash fast, you can sign up for this digital book and, and be a part of this. This next slide we'll show you is another uh, one in the book. It's actually designed this year a little differently. As I prayed about it, I didn't really believe that we needed to hear from a bunch of us writing articles or devotions, but actually created space so every day there's scripture to read and to pray and to journal and to listen to God so we hear from him. Because my guess is that you have some breakthrough conditions, some things that your flesh needs freedom from. And listen to what Romans 8 says, because it's so encouraging and it gives us such hope. Romans 8, verse 12 through 17. So then brothers, we are debtors not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father, 
The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may be also glorified with them. There is a God who says, listen, move away from the fear of man. Get ready to bring your breakthrough conditions to me. And I'm going to lead you out of the bondage that your flesh, and I don't know, like for you, it may not be something with your physical health. It may be with your mind. It may be with, with your heart condition. It may be, uh, you know, something going on in your soul. And God's ready to lead his sons and daughters and children in the spirit out of that, just as he led them out of captivity in the book of Exodus. Y'all tracking with me? All right, let's keep going. And we'll read the last section here of chapter one. In verse 16, it says, uh, verse 17, but the midwives feared God. But the midwives feared God. So if we fear man, we're gonna fall into control issues, bondage and brokenness. But if we fear God, something else is gonna happen. Here it goes. It says, they feared God and did not do as the king of Egypt commanded them, but let the male children live. So the king of Egypt called the midwives and said to them, why have you done this and let the male children live? The midwives said to Pharaoh, because the Hebrew women are not like the Egyptian women, for they are vigorous and give birth before the midwife comes to them. Now, I don't know if that was true. Scholarship kind of has debated this one, right? I don't know if it's some competitive thing, if it's just a straight out like white lie to protect what's happening. We're not gonna deal with that. What we're gonna deal with is what's next. It says, so God dealt well, say well, God dealt well with the midwives and the people multiplied and grew very strong. And because the midwives feared God, he gave them families. Then Pharaoh commanded all of his people, every son that is born to the Hebrews, you shall cast into the Nile, but you shall let every daughter live. If you're taking notes, the fear of God leads to freedom, blessing, and breakthrough. You see, when they began to not fear God in the sense that they're afraid to approach him, it's a fear that is reverent and worshipful and recognizes who he really is. Years ago uh, in America, there was a great revival and awakening that was uh, kicked off. Many would say, I mean, there was a lot that went into it, but there was a particular sermon uh, by Jonathan Edwards called Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God. And that sermon sparked a revival that began to move. The idea we need to understand is that we can come because of Jesus to the throne of God for grace, mercy, and love. We don't need to be afraid to approach him. But at the same time, we need to have a healthy fear of God who is holy and all powerful. Can I get an amen? They feared God more than they feared Pharaoh or feared man, and that made all the difference in the world. In fact, for them, the freedom, blessing, and breakthrough would come later. And and you need to know, like, during these 21 days, stick with it because God is preparing you. You may get your breakthrough during the 21 days. It's more likely you'll see breakthrough on the other side of it that he'll get you ready. In fact, the multiplication and strengthening of God's people in Egypt during that period prepared them to later leave with Moses out of bondage to face the other nations that they would face. God will use 
the only word I have in my mind right now is crappy circumstances. Can I say crappy up here? I just, so, so he'll use our mess, these circumstances we wouldn't want to grow us and position us for what he has. And so in that, there's a fear of God that needs to be in our life and that can be a part of these 21 days. Fear in the Hebrew in this text is the word yair and it means fear, be afraid. If you guys can go to the next slide. Second, stand in awe of and then fear, reverence and honor. That second and third piece is so important because it means that we come to a place of fearing and worshiping God, of standing in awe of the Almighty for his awesome power and works and who he is. You see, if you're taking notes, worship removes worry and releases our hands to do his work. Worship actually, when we begin to worship, takes our eyes off of ourself and say, God, I'm in awe of you. I'm worshiping you. That worship removes worry. And how many of you know we live in an age of anxiety right now in America? The statistics, if I went through them, are off the charts. It's not even bound anymore to uh, specific age groups. It's actually almost pervasive across generations that we are living in worry and anxiety. They had every reason in their breakthrough conditions to be full of worry and anxiety. But they said, God, we fear you most. We're gonna worship you. That delivered them from worry and then released their hands to do his work, which in their case, did you catch it? They believed in the sanctity of life. They chose life. They actually said, God, you're the giver of life, so we're going to position these children to experience life. You need to know God cares from the womb to the tomb. We as a church care from the womb to the tomb. God is wanting, I believe, in this season to get us all to a place where we can worship him and be free to do whatever he's called us to do. You see, you're here in this moment, but here on earth, bigger picture for a purpose that he knows about, he's designed you for. And when you begin to worship him and hear from him, you will realize that the talents, the personality, the gifts, because if you're a follower of Jesus, he has put spiritual gifts into your life to be activated. If you don't know what yours are, go to our spiritual gifts workshop this month. Learn what they are because he wants to release your hands to do the work that he has created you for and called you to. Now, the last bit of this was something so evident in their story that they recognized that by worshiping God, they were gonna have to be set apart from the Egyptian people and even what they were being told to do. And there's this word that for the last few weeks I've been really wrestling with and and just feeling like God is is calling me and calling our church family to actually be consecrated. In scripture, this word consecration means that it's a, I'm gonna be set apart to say, God, whatever you have, I want. So I'm going to confess, I'm gonna humble myself, I'm gonna bring all my breakthrough conditions to you and consecrate myself to say, God, I want your best. Consecration leads to breakthrough. It prepares us 
for breakthrough. And when you think about that in your life in these 21 days, what would it look like to say, God, during these 21 days, I'm gonna consecrate myself as the church is consecrating itself. To say, I believe you wanna do something in me and prepare me and something in our church for what's coming. Listen to what Joshua 3, 5 says, another moment for the people of God. In Joshua 3, verse 5, it says, then Joshua said to the people, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Consecrate yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. There are breakthrough conditions in each of our lives. There are breakthrough conditions that our church has right now. None of it is going to experience real breakthrough until we humble ourselves and consecrate ourselves and say, God, we are yours. We want your best. We want whatever you have for us. Beginning of this week, uh, my wife, Cindy, asked me as I was getting ready to come back in after the holidays, she said, hey, how are you feeling about the new year? And I said, honestly, it is the most excited and encouraged I think I've ever been because I really believe that God is getting ready to do something significant here in Vero, but also in and through Pathway. Now, when I say that, I don't say that lightly. I mean, we're talking, I'm 20 years deep being a pastor. This is a year that I believe God is going to do something and put in motion something special. But to get there, I know we have to consecrate ourselves and we have to be willing to humble ourselves and face some breakthrough conditions that maybe we didn't ask for, we didn't want. But if we'll get honest with God, God will get moving with us. So what does that look like for you to b- believe that, that if you say, okay, God, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you these first 21 days. I'm gonna consecrate myself as the church does. What does that look like? Because he knows the plans he has for us. He knows what he wants to do and it's going to be good. But sometimes we've gotta be willing to face like I did with the doctor things that we don't want to acknowledge. So what's the translation? Get your head out of the sand. Get your feet out of the sand to say, God, I'm, I'm gonna move towards you and I'm gonna face whatever I need to because I know you've got more for me. I know you've got more for our church and what he wants to do. Three questions, uh, next steps. The first is just, will you commit or recommit your life to Jesus today? You know, I don't know where you are in your journey with Jesus I don't know if, if maybe you're somebody who's been around church, but you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior. There's a moment of decision for each of us. Romans 10, 9 says, if you confess with your mouth and believe with your heart, you will be saved. Online, we have a chat host here in person. We have prayer partners. We would love to pray with you today. If you need to take that step to receive Jesus, for some of us, it may be the best decision we make is we've known Jesus, but we've lost sight of getting to know him more. And he's saying, will you recommit to me? Will you give me the new year? Will you come to me and say, I'm, I'm yours? So number two, will you turn over your breakthrough conditions and receive his best for you in 2024? I believe each of us have things we need to face in our own lives 
I believe we as a church will have things in the months ahead that we need to face together that are actually the conditions for breakthrough and a miracle. We're not gonna necessarily enjoy the journey without enjoying the spirit of God in the journey. Does that make sense? So will you lean in and say, God, I wanna turn it all over to you. I wanna let go. And then number three, will you consecrate yourself during these 21 days? Will you join us and say, God, whatever you have, whatever you want, I, I wanna be there for it. You know, as you go through that, you've got today to, to make a decision about tomorrow morning as it starts. And all I would tell you is lean in. If you don't know where to start, start with one meal. Say, God, I'm, I've never done this other than for a, you know, a procedure or a surgery. I mean, isn't that funny? We can do it for a, a medical test or a surgery, but can we do it to say, God, I want more of you. Start there. As the fast goes on, keep listening. Keep listening, because he'll show you. He may want you to do more as it goes on. My experience has been, the more I taste of him, the more I move from feasting on the wrong things to feasting on him, I can't get more, right? What is the chip that it's like, you can't just eat one Lay's? They owe me a brand shout out right now, right? God's like that. You get a little taste and you walk it out and the next day you're like, man, he's faithful. He says, if we hunger and thirst for more, he'll fill us. You'll just watch as he continues to fill you up. We're gonna move into a time of response now. As you came in, uh, hopefully you received the elements for communion. It's a great way to begin the new year together. If you don't have the elements, we have plenty of time. Just get your hand up. Our ushers will bring it around to you. We've got a few around the room. Uh, online, you have time because we're gonna partake of it after this next song. So let me explain this to you. Uh, there's the bread, the wafer that symbolizes Jesus, the bread of life. Jesus is actually the bread of life, his body, the incarnation, his life, death, and resurrection invites us into relationship and to feed on him as the bread of life. He told us as we break bread to remember him and what he has done for us. The juice symbolizes his blood, which was like no other. It's holy, it's perfect, it's sinless. It's the atonement, the, the substitution for our sins is the covering we receive from the blood of Jesus. And when we come to the table to receive communion, when we figure metaphorically come to the table, we're confessing our breakthrough conditions. God, here's where I've fallen short. Here's where I've sinned. Here's where I need you. And then we're saying, but God, you did this for me. And I'm remembering you. And he's faithful in our repentance to renew us, refresh us, and so what begins very somber leads to great rejoicing and joy because he has done what we could not do, amen? So here's how this is gonna work today. It's a little different. I'm gonna read the scripture to us from 1 Corinthians 11. And then the band is gonna lead us, the worship team is gonna lead us in a song called New Wine. During that song, I wanna invite you to do business with God. You could do it in your seat, you could do it through singing and worshiping. You could do it through coming forward. You know, this whole space is open. The kneeling benches are open. We'll have prayer partners up here to pray with you. 
I pray over you, whatever you need. And then after the song, we'll receive the elements together. Say after. So after the song, we'll receive it together. All right, let me pray us in. Uh, actually, let me read the text first, then I'll pray us in. So in 1 Corinthians 11, verses 23 through 28, it says, for I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed took bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, also, he took the cup after supper saying, this is the cup, the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Whoever therefore eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and the blood of the Lord. Let a person examine himself then and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. So Lord, during this time, as we praise you, as we worship, as we pray, as we consecrate ourselves, even through the act of remembrance and receiving communion, we thank you for your body and blood. We thank you for who you are and what you have done for us. We just invite you, Holy Spirit, to continue to work, to continue to invite us deeper in our relationship with you. Break through, Lord. The conditions are here because we are humans in need of you. Bless this moment and be with us as we remember you. In Jesus' name, amen.